It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Adam Sobel. Hi, Adam. Hi, Janine. So I was so intrigued when I heard about this film, The Workers' Cup. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about it, how it all came about? Yeah, so The Workers' Cup is a, uh, a film set in Qatar, which is a small country uh, in, in the Gulf, the Arabian Gulf, uh, which is hosting the World Cup in 2022. And the film focuses on uh, the migrant workers who are building the World Cup. Um, and in the film, uh, we actually document a soccer tournament that's organized for the migrant workers themselves. So here they are building the World Cup, and then in the film they also get to compete in a soccer tournament of their own. Um, and the film came about because uh, I lived in, in Qatar. I lived there for uh, oh. about five years. Wow. Yeah. What were you doing <laughs> yeah, there? I lived there for about... Well, you know, I ended up there just kind of for life reasons, you know, not related to the film. Okay. Uh, my wife, before she was my wife, she was my girlfriend, and mm -hmm. she got a job teaching at a, a U.S. university uh, that opened up a campus uh, in Qatar. Oh. And so we moved out there. Um, you know, when she got the job, I said, well, that's the end of that relationship because I'm never moving out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then a year later, I, I ate my words and joined her. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a really interesting country. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a country um, that's 90%, 90% uh, of the population is foreign. Mm -hmm. so only 10% of the population are citizens. And 60% uh, of the total population are these blue-collar migrant workers who are kind of there to, to do construction jobs and really just kind of bolster the, uh, the service industry. Um, so it, it's a really bizarre place to live. Um, Sounds uh, like for that reason, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. but but it's also a very interesting place. Well, it's interesting because your girlfriend at the time really opened your eyes to you know a whole different world that you never imagined. You, as you said, no, I'm not going there, and then you end up <laughs> there and gain an appreciation, and then here's this film. Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, well, and yeah, and then the other, you know. Just after my, my girlfriend moved there, Qatar won the right to host the 2022 World Cup. And that's when, um, you know, I think a lot of people around the world who maybe didn't know much about the country uh, started paying more attention to it um, because now here it was on, on, on the global stage. Mm -hmm. It was going to host the world's biggest sporting event. And there's, I was reading, because I put this info on my show blog, there's over 1.6 million migrant workers yeah, that's right. And this is, again, a country of about two and a half million people in total, uh, a little bit more than 250,000 of which are citizens. So uh, the, the, the bulk of the country, the bulk of the population are these blue-collared um, migrant workers who, you know, are uh, largely recruited from India, from mm -hmm. Pakistan, and from Nepal, uh, from the Indian subcontinent. Um, uh, you know, these are people who generally don't have other economic opportunities in their own countries, and their countries, um, you know, they're part of the developing world, right. and they choose to uh, to go find work elsewhere. And, and I should also, you know, I should say that this isn't uh, a situation that's unique to, to Qatar. Okay. You find it as well uh, across the Gulf. You find it in Saudi. You find it in, you know, Dubai, in Abu Dhabi. Um, right. really across the, uh, the Gulf and, and the Middle East. But people are really paying, paying uh, close attention to the situation in Qatar because they are hosting the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's bringing a lot of media attention to the country. Now, why is it that these men would work such long hours for you know, minimal pay 
Is it because there's uh, it's so challenging to find work elsewhere, even where they're from? Um, you know, it's it's yeah. so the situation in Qatar. Maybe I should just start by giving you some information about kind of the labor system more generally. Okay. So every person who's not from Qatar, when they come to the country, their visa is tied to the their employer. Um, the system is called the kafala system. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, if you want to leave the country, if you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to exit the country, if you ever want to change jobs, if you ever wanted to quit your job, you have to go and ask your employer's permission first. Um, wow. And so this, uh, yeah, so so this, um, this really means that your employer kind of controls, controls okay. your destiny in their hands. Um, right. And, you know, in, in some cases you might find good employers who are, who are very gracious and, you know, follow every letter of the law and uh, are willing to give, you know, to accommodate their employees, but in many cases you don't find that. Um, so people are attracted to the job initially because they are kind of hopeful and desperate for, uh, to improve their, op- their, their, you know, uh, improve upon what their their situation is at home, mm-hmm. um, but in many cases they are also very vulnerable, and that allows them to be misled, um, or you know, it, it makes them vulnerable to be mis- misled. I should say uh, by by you know recruiting agents um, who are in their country of origin, who who can kind of tell them, hey, this is what the situation is going to be like when you get there, mm-hmm. and then once they arrive, they find out, you know. It's it's different. They might be making less money than they originally uh, were told, right. or they might be living in much worse conditions than they were originally told. Um, and so, yeah, they're just they're just vulnerable people. Was it hard to have these workers want to be in this film? Because here they're living, um, as I was told, between a highway and a remote stretch of desert in this you know re- remote uh, c- camp. You know, it feels like a prison for them. Yeah, so it, every migrant worker in in the country lives in what's called labor camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Qatar has thousands of these labor camps scattered across the country, but they are zoned so that they have to be outside of kind of the major residential areas. So that mm-hmm. really segregates the country uh, into kind of white-collared workers okay. um, where that live in the city, and then you have these blue-collared migrant workers who uh, live kind of isolated from everyone else. Um, the hardest part in terms of gaining access was just, um, you know, negotiating that with, uh, you know, the authorities in Qatar and, uh, okay. and also with the company uh, whose labor camps we were filming in and people who were organizing the, the, uh, the soccer tournament, the Workers' Cup, mm-hmm. which uh, was the same committee that was organizing the World Cup. Um, that, that access was in, incredibly challenging to, to gain. Uh, you know, there have been many journalists that have told, um, have gone to Qatar and kind of done exposés or have tried to do exposés about labor situation there. Uh, in some cases, people have been arrested or deported for that. Um, so, you know, I lived in the country, and, and the two producers of the film, Ramsey Haddad and Rosie Garthwaite, also lived in the country. Right. And we lived there for some years. Um, so we didn't want to be deported. We didn't want our families to get into trouble. Sure. Uh, and certainly we didn't want the characters in the film to, uh, to come into any trouble. Mm-hmm. So that required us to approach the film um, a bit differently, I think, than, than other journalists have. 
Um, and certainly, you know, I should also mention that we actually worked as journalists in Qatar for years before making this All right. and had done exposés, had worked undercover, had, um, you know, hidden people's identity to tell the story. But we felt like those projects often, you know, only revealed just a sliver of the story. And the workers themselves were often just portrayed as victims. And we, we mm-hmm. thought that there was a way to, to put, you know, to present them uh, in a much more relatable in human sense sure and to kind of hold up hold up their dignity instead of saying these are just victims they know these are these are people with hopes and dreams that, yes. that should be celebrated yeah no they have ambitions and aspirations and i who who started the idea of the workers cup <laughs> the the film or the tournament the tournament the tournament well the the workers cup tournament was started um it's a bit complicated, but it was initially started by a sports organization uh, that did, like, extra kind of intramural sports, I guess, for the community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I mentioned, like, the population is really small in Qatar right. uh, for white-collared workers, but there's a huge percentage of blue-collared workers, and so they thought they could tap into uh, companies' corporate social responsibility budgets and kind of open up this tournament for workers. And they were they did that. And then the committee that was organizing, the committee that is organizing the World Cup, which is called the Supreme Committee of Delivery and Legacy, um, they saw that and they thought, you know, hey, we should sponsor this and perhaps we should just take over the organization of it. Um, Because at the time, the Supreme Committee uh, of Delivery and Legacy were kind of uh, under great media scrutiny and were being criticized um, um, by everyone for their treatment of, for, for the country's treatment of migrant workers. And people were asking, you know, is this really appropriate to host the World Cup in a country um, where kind of, you know, rampant exploitation exists yes. as yes. a labor force. Right. And so I think that the, 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 the World Cup Organizing Committee kind of saw this tournament as a, as an opportunity, a PR opportunity, if you will. And then we, um, we, we knew that there was a promotional element that they were interested in. And we thought, okay, perhaps we can use that to kind of gain the access that we've always wanted okay. and uh, tell, tell a different story and tell the story that we really wanted to, to tell. I like that you let these migrant workers kind of tell their own stories and we see them as, you know, individuals and, and you feature them, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, that was really, you know, the main aim of the film was just to make a film that they could be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the, the guiding principle. And, you know, as I mentioned, we had done other documentaries, short documentaries and kind of news reports about this issue. And we have to work undercover. We have to hide people's identity. And we had this rule amongst our production company where you could only go into a labor camp for eight minutes. And then you had to leave because, you know, then the authorities could show up. Mm. And what can you really learn about somebody's life in eight minutes? You know, you can ask them, do you have your passport? You can ask them, you know, the number of roommates they have, kind of the basic living conditions that they experience. But you're really approaching their story on your terms. And um, really, it's the terms of the international news media. Mm-hmm. And so with the film, we wanted to try as much as possible to to approach the story on on, on the terms of the workers, on, in terms of our characters. Um, so that was, that was the goal. Um, I featured some of the brief descriptions of the five people from the team. Uh, Kenneth is 21. 
He's from Ghana. Yeah. Uh, it was so awful how his agent lied to him when he came to the country. You know, he realized this. Um, he works in construction. He still dreams of playing professional football. He hopes to catch the eye of a scout while playing in the Workers' Cup so he can <laughs> escape the camp. I mean, is it your hope that perhaps some of these people will be discovered or be saved or someone will help them? Um, that's a really that's a really interesting question and something that I struggle with, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, certainly, well, in, in the case of somebody like Kenneth, when we started making the film, we never expected to find somebody who saw the the tournament as like a, a literal a literal escape from their situation. I know. I always imagined going into it that the tournament was like a metaphorical escape, right? It was mm -hmm. a chance for them to leave their body and spirit and uh, kind of you know, like really uh, feel alive. Right. Because otherwise they're just kind of trapped in like the mundane, uh, this mundane loop of yes. this work. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was eye-opening. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I, I do hope that, what I hope is that when people watch the film, um, they start to, I guess, reflect on how, how we're all kind of complicit in this, in this system because the World Cup exists for our entertainment around the world, right? And uh, the characters in the film are in some way sacrificing themselves for, for, for our entertainment. Right. Um, so I think that we just need to reflect on that and, and then kind of think about the inequities that exist within our, our own circles um, closer to home and try to rectify those um, as well as kind of thinking about like more broadly how we're kind of all in it together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I also, I mean, yeah, I think that if people were interested in in helping the characters, uh, we would love that. Oh, <laughs> we sure. would love that. But but I, I think that it's hard as a filmmaker, you, you kind of set out, you, you, you want people to kind of relate to the characters and hear their stories. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to think of like a puppy that they can adopt, you know. Right, no, like of these course. These are people who have their hopes and dreams and they, they're, they're pursuing it from their point of view. Right. Um, and if people wanted to support that, then yeah, we would, we would absolutely uh, welcome. I think it's a wonderful thing because, as you said, it's something outside of their daily grind, you know, working in these labor camps. And it's something complete opposite. It brings them joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like, you know, and that's why I think telling this story through the lens of, of a soccer tournament um, just makes it so much more accessible for people mm -hmm. because it all of a sudden it is possible to to see them um as something other than just like a victim you know you can see them striving towards something and living toward living for something yes um and that's that's how they see themselves um you know in the film Colton talks about how his his hope was just that he didn't want to be seen as a worker. He wanted to be seen as a footballer. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to be a professional footballer, but he just wants, he just wants to be seen in, in, you know, in that dignified light. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see why. So I want to mention that you, your film was an official selection of the 2017 Sundance Film Festival, and it's going to be opening in theaters on June 8th. Is there anything else you would like people to know about it? Oh, just... You know, the film is coming out at the same time that the, the World Cup is happening in Russia, mm -hmm. um, which I think is uh, is great timing. People can kind of enjoy the World Cup in Russia, certainly. Um, I, I think that, that we all should, but we should also kind of look at 
the sacrifices people are making to, to, to build the next World Cup, which is going to be in Qatar. So I, I, I think that that timing is good. You know, nobody's saying don't enjoy the World Cup, but certainly like reflect on uh, reflect on kind of the broader picture and what it means to, to, to us around the world. Yes. Now, where can people find out more about you in this film? Um, you can you can search for us on Facebook. We are the Workers Cup Film, uh, or and on Twitter as well, the Workers Cup Film, um, and that's the best place to kind of keep up t- up to date about the film. Fantastic, Adam. I want to thank you so much for calling into the show. Yeah, thank you, Janine. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Congratulations. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock.